Hello, and welcome to the Just Me podcast, produced in association with the Armory. I am one of your co-hosts, Dustin Diodato. I'm another one, Andy Fitch. And we have another co-host this time. Unfortunately, Jamie could not make it for this episode, but we have the lovely Heather Jules Booth. Hi, everyone. Who will be, who will be joining us as a co-host, uh, because she has a special relationship with our guest. Yes, uh, this podcast, we always have somebody on to come and talk about something that is unique to them, something that maybe other people aren't as into or don't know as much about. Today, our guest is the always hilarious Christopher. Jules Booth or Booth? Yeah, Christopher Jules Booth. Christopher Jules Booth. I like the look in your eyes when you realize you didn't know my name. No, no, <laughs> oh, no, no, I, no I, Andy I, looked like a terrified deer. Like, I'm going to be honest, I've it? heard many different things. And just in life or about my name? About your name. I've heard people call you Chris B. And I'm like, who's Chris B? I don't know who that is. Chris B? Yeah. That's uh, what I've never heard Well, that my professional stage name is Chris Booth, but um, I go by Christopher Jules Booth in life. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. I like to sound slightly pretentious. Yeah, and <laughs> and um, Heather, I'm counting on you on tearing him the fuck apart in this episode. All right, I will do you, my best. You have to be the bad guy in this one. We're going to play good cop. Great. So to you your just bad mean cop. our marriage. Right, that's what, yeah, that's oh, what I brought. Oh, come right. on. <laughs> our marriage is more like when we were doing mic check and we were just doing bits back and forth. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> uh, uh, so Chris, your just me thing is that you are a conspiracy theorist lover or a knowledgeable of. I, or how would you phrase it? I don't want to... I am. I made a, the mistake of putting words in your mouth. I'm a conspiracy theory enthusiast. But not a theorist <laughs> yourself. But not a theorist. I don't believe in conspiracy theories uh, overall. Um, I actually don't believe in anything supernatural. Uh, but I really love reading about them. And I really mm. love talking about them and finding out all I can about them. Well, I mean, as cliche as it is to start out with this, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, boy. I mean, I have lots of favorite ones. Um, I mean, I think, like, oh, boy, that's a really good question. You put me on the spot. Uh, there are two. There's no, one you could, there's no way you could have seen that one coming. Yeah, no, there are two. <laughs> that, no way. Yeah, <laughs> there are two that come to mind immediately. I, I really love any conspiracy theory about the JFK assassination. That's always great. Um, but I think my favorite one is there is this book written. Um, there are these two books written in the... Uh, that sounds fake. Yeah. In the late <laughs> Two 80s, books? Late, Come 80s, on. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. The first book is called Behold the Pale Horse uh, by, oh gosh, the guy's name is escaping me. Uh, I'll come up with it in a second. And then the second book is called uh, Nothing in This Book is True, But It's Exactly How Everything Happened. So the reason why I mention those two books is because they are basically saying the same thing, but from different points of view. But I call them the sort of unified field theory of conspiracy theories. Um, the book Behold the Pale Horse, um, essentially like it, it posits that every conspiracy theory that you've ever heard or read about is somehow connected. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> what's great about it is that, uh, the guy who wrote the book, uh, whose name I, I can't believe I can't remember right now, but anyway, uh, the guy who wrote it, he is like legit was a formal a former, uh, Navy intelligence officer. And the first half of the book is is really well written and really well documented and pretty basic, con- what I would say, conspiracy theories that everyone knows about. You know, so he talks about the Gulf of Tonkin. He talks about, um, you know, he talks about the things like um, the, the Iran Contra, things like that. Mm-hmm. 
the two things that he talks about near the end of uh, the the first half of this book is um, he talks about the um, CIA's uh, involvement in bringing uh, in bringing cocaine and drugs and crack to America. But he wrote about this about 20 years before that became rather common knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that he talks about in the book that I thought was fascinating um, in the first half of the book uh, is he talks about the fact that in the last five days of um, Nixon's presidency, he wasn't actually in control. And that uh, because as the pressure was mounting on Nixon and as it became more and more obvious that he was either going to resign or be thrown out of office, he essentially like cracked and the people in his administration apparently were afraid that he was going to like start a war to try to stop Mm. the inevitable of him no longer being president. Uh, And part of that information was later confirmed to me by family members who actually worked in the government at that time. So, like I said, the first half of the book is is pretty true, pretty basic. Um, the second half of the book is when it goes like ape shit, goes batshit crazy. It, 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 then he starts talking about Nazi bases on the moon. Um, <laughs> he starts talking about, oh gosh, the government being involved in alien invasions. Um, and th- does, does he does he break it up like? Like, is it logic? Does he logically create a differentiation between like these are the ones that you all know and these are the ones that are a bit of a stretch, or does it seamlessly go from plausible to almost definitely implausible? So, first off, his name is Bill Cooper. This is the writer of the book, and so he, the first half of the book is pretty plausible. And what makes it even more plausible is that he has like, um, he has like a like a stash of money that he stole when he. When no, he has like airplane and he has jumped out, and nobody ever found him again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> but I mean, did uh, he reference it? Did well, he 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 has like in the book, he has like scans of like government documents, right? Uh-huh. And then as the book goes on, he has this. He brings up these other conspiracy theories, which are more uh, far fetched. And at the the latter half of the book is where he essentially unifies them all together, and that's where things go fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, so that's, but he, he looks at it from a very sort of conspiratorial government point of view, like meaning like the man is doing all this. Mm -hmm. And then the second book, everything in this or nothing in this book is true, but it's exactly the way it happened. It is same thing. It's a unified field theory of, of conspiracy theory, except it looks at it from a spiritual point of view. And so what the author of that book says is that aliens aren't really aliens. They are higher beings from a different dimension who are coming to earth to prepare earth for its spiritual ascension into a higher plane of existence, but that our brains can't um, see these higher beings. Uh, He calls them ascended masters. We can't see them uh, the way that we can see other things. So our brains have to retrofit them into what we can recognize. So we see them as aliens. And so the example that he uses in that book, he opens the book with uh, this uh, story of the, um, native, uh, the indigenous people in South, South America, not South Africa, South America, um, that when they saw the, um, European settlers or conquerors, uh, however you want to describe them coming over, they actually had no frame of reference for what their boats were so that they would look out into the water and all they could actually see 
is that the water was disturbed, but they couldn't tell you what was disturbing the water because they had no way of knowing what it was that they were looking at. And so that they didn't realize it was people until they actually set foot on the ground. And then they recognized them as human beings, but didn't have a frame of reference to what they were. So that uh, if you go back and read some of the writings or some of the sort of uh, oral traditions of the indigenous people, when they first encountered the uh, Europeans, what they talk about sounds the way we talk about, sounds like the way we talk about aliens. And so that's how the book opens. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the book sort of uh, uh, parses this out. It's very dense inf- but, but <laughs> information. The, so it, in that theory, like, Aliens killed JFK, or well, in and, and so in Bill Cooper's um, uh, in Bill Cooper's uh, version of it, there was a uh, organization called uh, MJ12, and so you should know this. This is this is actually documented. MJ12, Majestic 12, did exist. It is a real MJ Sister Majestic. Yeah, okay. I thought it was Michael I thought Jordan. It was Mike, I thought Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, see, no, they're called the, the, <laughs> That's the, how they get you. It was called the MJ-12 or the M-12 or something, but it was called Majestic 12, and it was these 12 people within the CIA. This part's real. This part's 100% real. It's been documented. You can research it. It's been declassified. In the 50s, what they were doing is they were experimenting with um, with essentially mind control, and they were trying to create Manchurian candidates, people who would live their lives normally and then could be like triggered to assassinate people or to cause trouble. And part of the way that they did this is they were experimenting with LSD and acid and that actually LSD and acid were developed by the government, um, as ways to try to control people. And so in theory, dependent upon who you read and who you believe this, this project was shut down in the, in the later part of the fifties. But there are people who believe that the project itself went on well into the 70s and 80s. And there is actually documented proof that it probably did go much further uh, into the 70s and 80s, if not even still on to today. So what Bill Cooper posits is that is that uh, JFK found out about this and was trying to shut it down. Mm-hmm. But in his version, MJ-12, Majestic 12, were also covering up the fact that Eisenhower met with aliens called greys mm-hmm. on an airfield in the 50s and that Eisenhower had struck a deal with the the gray aliens to allow Americans to be used as test subjects and that's the reason why he started getting a bunch of um, alien abduction cases in the uh, late 50s. Is, is uh, this also why the show Grey's Anatomy happened? Okay. So... Uh, <laughs> So this is our marriage. Yes. And so um, that JFK found out about this and was trying to shut it down so that it was actually MJ 12, Majestic 12, who had him assassinated. And Bill Cooper also, there's a, like a, a pretty famous um, conspiracy theory right now about the assassination. And Bill Cooper was the first person to talk about this. He believes that who actually shot JFK was the driver of the car. And he says that if you watch the Zapruder film, you can see the driver turn around and there's a flash and that's when uh, JFK dies. See, I had heard, um, uh, uh, the, and that, I mean, maybe, uh, the theory that I, I had heard about that one, because I had researched it a lot and there were still mm-hmm. a lot of things that, to- that didn't totally make sense to me. But the, um, the conspiracy theory, if you will, that the Secret Serviceman 
behind him mm-hmm. accidentally pulled the trigger when he jumped on the car mm-hmm. to protect him. Um, is it is the theory that made the most sense to me because it started to like there's a lot of um, ways that they were trying to figure out what was going on that didn't make sense. Like this Zabruta film was, you know, developed by a person who was on like day three of working, you know, in the government. Like they had this really important thing that they did quickly and they hit all these different things. And I was like, well, why would the government, like either the government tried to kill him, in which case they do a better job than what they did or like, you know, or there's something else involved. But when I was like, but if the government accidentally, if this dude accidentally killed him, like there's a reason why all of his friends would essentially try and be like, okay, let's just, it was that guy. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, that is the only conspiracy theory about the JFK assassination that I've ever read that I actually think has credence. Is that uh, the the one that I read was that it was a service member who had an M16 in the car behind them, and that when the first shot rung out, you can watch this approved film. The first shot uh, rings out, and the cars all start to speed up, and then in the moment that it sped up, he lurched back and had a uh, a round in his gun and mm-hmm. that's that's what actually killed kennedy um but i mean it's the same reason why you know when people start talking you know like the 9-11 truther movement when you start r- really researching into like what they talk about a lot of it is gobbledygook nonsense uh but what i actually think like if there is a conspiracy theory i think it's like very mundane and the mundanity of it is that they they knew what was going to happen the government knew what was going to happen on 9-11 but they were too inept or too um, wrapped up in other things to do anything about it. Not that they knew about it and they let it happen, but you know, they literally, I think they said, and this is once again, I think this is actually ver- verifiably true, uh, that they gave Bush a report saying that an attack in the U.S. was imminent. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of ignored it. And so I think that that, like, if there's any conspiracy, if there's anything being covered up, it's that. It's the, it's the same thing with the Kennedy thing, is what's actually being covered up is people's ineptitude. It's how stupid they are. I mean, if you think about uh, uh, Watergate, you know, the crime itself in Watergate was essentially just dirty politics. Mm-hmm. What, Forrest Gump shut that whole thing down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that, was that <laughs> in the movie? I can't remember. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, uh, and, uh, but, but that... Uh, but actually, like, what the crime was that they, they got Nixon on was the cover-up. Mm. Like, Nixon actually didn't know about Watergate. Like, if you go back and listen to the actual tapes and read, he actually didn't know that Watergate was going to happen. He was aware that there were people within his re-election campaign who were nefarious mm-hmm. uh, and were doing dirty things to get elected. But I think a lot of people back then were doing, and there still are doing dirty things to get elected. But when he found out about it, he started covering it up. And that's was what was his actual yeah. crime was. So I think that that's what the like. If there is any credence whatsoever to the nine eleven conspiracy, if there's any credence to the JFK, it's that the government was more aware or more culpable than they're being uh, forthcoming with. Um, but uh, by being open and honest about actually what happened, it shows them for being shows them all to be sort of idiots. I mean, yeah, my understanding with with how that sort of played out was it was simultaneously the best and the worst day for it to happen. In the sense Watergate? that... Watergate? No, 9-11. Okay. Um, because they were doing drills that day. Like, they were doing, not specifically, like, if we get hijacked, but, they, but there were, like, big Air Force drills that were happening. So everybody who would need to be in location to deal with something like 9-11 was, was there. Mm-hmm. 
but because they were doing drills that day when information actually did get out that we needed to do stuff and then we needed to get people in planes to shoot things down and so on and so forth, um, it was delayed because we're like, no, guys, it's, it's not a drill, though. Like, it's like a thing is happening. So I think, like, if we had gotten our shit together quicker, we probably could have prevented more things from happening. But, you know, like, but if they hadn't been doing the drill that day, they may have been able to get there quicker. It was one of those, like, weird, bizarre coincidences that people would go, oh, well, that's definitely a conspiracy, but... Well, I mean, one you of know. the things that I, I think one of the real world, um, one of the real world sort of um, effects of that was that, my, I mean, and I'm not 100% up on the 9-11 conspiracies because that gets real dark. Um, but the, that they had standing orders to essentially, like, if a plane was hijacked and if they thought it was being used as a weapon they were to shoot it down mm. and that there was confusion amongst the pilots who were performing these war games as to whether or not this was an, a true event or not. And so that, and that's when you get into like the stuff with uh, the, the, the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania, you know, was it, did it, did they crash it themselves or was it shot down? I mean, I think yeah. that's a legitimate uh, question to ask. Um, that, that was one of those ones where like, Admittedly, there were times where I probably believed a little bit more of the 9-11 conspiracy stuff than I should have, and I've sort of walked, I think everyone does, walked yeah. a lot of it back. Yeah. But um, I've still always been a little troubled with that one, with the plane that went down in Pennsylvania, because I was like, I get that it crashed, but I've never seen any parts of the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the part well, that's never made, made sense to me, that, like, like, the other planes that crashed, you saw decently huge... Sections of it. I know it crashed over over a distance, but it seems it seems odd that that plane essentially like disappeared. Yeah, I have gone. seen like I I have seen uh, plane crashes like not firsthand, but like in recent years where like the plane has almost essentially disappeared. When it hits a mountain, no, like when it like hit hit like a like a forest or a residential area. Look, man. I mean, planes can be brought down by birds. So, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't yeah. surprise yeah. me that it disintegrates upon impact, depending upon how fast it's going. Um, so, but inter- Sully. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> but interestingly <laughs> enough, and here's he just... He hired this, that goose. Uh, once again, with all these conspiracy theories, I think, you know, you said, Dustin, that there was a time where maybe you got a little too much, too much into it. Uh, you know, these things are produced uh, by things, I mean, videos and books are written they are produced in such a way to be to, to appeal to your that part of your mind, which is contrary, and that part of your mind which goes, uh, you know, is everything the way it should be, or as someone trying to pull the wool over my eye. And so, of course, they're they're very like compelling. But once you do any sort of research, once you really start like looking behind the theories themselves, um, or start looking into the science behind what uh, how events actually played out. You start to see that it's, I mean, there's just nothing to them. And, and right. that, it, you know, once again, the government can't hide the fact that two children have died in their custody yeah. at, 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 uh, at like uh, immig- immigration stations in the last, what, three weeks. Yeah. They can't even hide that. They're not going to be able to hide the, the murder of 3,000 people. I mean, it's just not something that can happen yeah. ultimately. Although I like, I did have a, uh, a friend of a friend who was in Homeland. Like, and he was um, one of those people that like... The show or actual Homeland Security? No, actually a Homeland okay. Security. 
Oh, I also thought you meant the show. Oh, yeah, no. Um, no, he was like, you know, I, he was a, a fellow groomsman at a wedding, and he had to keep his gun on him at all times. And basically, I had to tell everybody, look, I may need to leave at any second, and I won't say goodbye. I'll just be gone. Just know that that's a thing. How many people did he tell? Uh, the people in the wedding okay. party. Because we just, all knew. But that also just sounds like a really great excuse to To just leave? Whenever yeah. you want to. Uh, uh, but, like, I was talking to him afterwards, and uh, I was like, how, you know, like, how many things have you, like, stopped? And he's like, I, I can't really get into that. And he's like, is there anything I've heard of? And he's like, if I do my job, you will never hear of anything that I ever do, and I will never be able to tell you. But I can tell you I'm not sitting around. Um, and sure. it was, was like, he sitting down when he said that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, he may look like he's sitting, but he's yeah. not. No, listen, I think that there's lots of things that we don't know that go on or we find out later. Um, and I have uh, plenty of friends and family that work in you know pretty high uh, levels of government who say that you know there's there's stuff that you don't know about. I mean, just think about uh, most of us here, uh, I think all of us are here are old enough to remember like when the internet first became a thing. But, you know, when you, which for me, I remember getting like my first email address in like, what, 94, 95. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, they had the internet, the government had the internet from the late 70s on, you know, so they were working on that for years before the the public ever got like eyes on it. So I definitely think that, you know, these things happen. But ultimately, if you look at the mechanics behind like what it would take to assassinate a president, it's... uh, it's far easier to believe and it's far easier for it to be real that it was a lone gunman or that it was, um, you know, a, a accidental friendly fire to think that it's anything larger than that. You have to start to stretch your, uh, stretch your ability to believe reality. Uh, I will say as an interesting side note, the guy, Bill Cooper, who wrote behold, behold the pale horse, um, and this is once again some. I mean, I I looked into this, and so I've verified that th- this is real in terms of timeline. On September first, two thousand one, he had a radio ham talk show that he used to do, and he put out on the air that there was going to be an attack, a terrorist attack within the U.S. within the month. Nine uh, eleven happens, and then I think it was like the end of September, beginning October, he was murdered. Uh, by the police in in the town that he was in, they said that he wait this Bill Cooper guy. Yeah, yeah. He, the, according to the police, I think it was October. I might be a little bit off on that time, but murdered uh, by the police and like they apparently, they, in theory, they were um, they were uh, he had a warrant out for weapons possession, but I mean he was very openly like a pro gun, pro Second Amendment, uh, and they, according to them. Uh, they approached his house, and he uh, left the house brandishing a weapon, and they killed him. Hmm. Well, wow. Um, so just so just yeah. There's a reason why conspiracy theories like people like them because uh, and and they they engage our imagination because every time you say this is the way things are, there's always something to say. Mm, maybe it's a little different. Um, so can I just bring up one other conspiracy theory that I frequently come home and you're watching videos about, sure. which is the flat earth. Oh, yeah. Which I know you don't believe in, but I oh, can't yeah. tell you guys how many times I come home, and I'm like, what are you watching? And he's like, oh, it's another flat earth video. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go wash my face. That's one that I consider an embarrassingly large amount of people believe. It's a lot. Like, people, yeah. and people, like, 
it seems like not only do people believe it, they're like very strong about how much they believe it. Like they're very forceful about it. Like, like the rest of us are definitely idiots. Right. Like, like how do you guys not see that the flat, that's obvious. And it's like, no, what? Anyway. Well, I think within the skeptic community, there's a belief that a good, you know, 50 to 60% of those videos are just um, rhetorical exercises. Meaning the person arguing that the earth is flat doesn't truly believe that it's flat. The whole, what they're arguing is that the, the sort of rhetorical argument that you're using to quote unquote prove that the earth is round is, is not sound and that you actually have to. So the idea behind it is that instead of saying, well, the earth is round, why is the earth round? Well, it's because I know it's round. Well, why do you know it's round? Well, because I was told it was round. What their point is, is actually go in and find out why it's round. Like, what were the experiments that helped prove it? I mean, doesn't the horizon fuck that up for them? Right, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the horizon is what the flat earthers use to prove that the earth is flat. I mean, Dustin, do you see the curvature of the earth when you look at it? No, but I don't see infinitely in one direction either. Right, but I mean, all I see when I look at the earth is, when I look out the ocean, I see flat. But theoretically, if I had a telescope and I pointed it in one direction... You would see flat. Right, but I wouldn't see a building that was equally, like, that was in a straight line. It it dips yeah. down just because I don't see. That's that's the that's curve. called a that's called a vanishing point, Dustin. Yeah, no, but that's not how that's not how things work. But it is. But, it, is but it's not. It's not because in you, general, this is my you, problem with I, look, conspiracy I'm not, theories. I'm not arguing. No, no, proper. you made a point. They start to <laughs> come on the show. It a starts as a conversation and ends up degrading into this sort of Listen. thing. But in general, well, no, like, honestly, I was going to bring this up. Like, I find a lot of this stuff super interesting, but my beef with it is that, like, I feel like the the level of skepticism, like, it gets to a point where it, like, harms people who are directly affected by it oh, in course. real life. And then also, like, on my own end, my instinct is to immediately, like, joke about, like, make a fake thing. Like, m- when you talked about Watergate, uh... And like you said, dirty work in my mind, or you said dirty dealings or something like that. And I was like, dirty, dirty work. Uh, Steely Dan, <laughs> Walter Becker, and Donald Fagan. They wrote a song. It they, it confesses everything about the Watergate scandal. You just have to listen to Dirty Work by Steely Dan, and that's like I'm thinking sure. of like stupid joke shit like that. And I would, without thinking about it, like put that on the internet, and. I'm and sure people take it, and, yeah, and, and people yeah. will take it seriously. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like the whole thing. Like, there's an entire documentary called Room 241, which is about all the conspiracy theories surrounding The Shining. Um, Those are, see, I think that's fun. Oh, listen, I find all of Hang this on. fun yeah. and fascinating and wonderful Wait. and horrifying. Because every once in a while, you'll find conspiracy theories that are truly horrifying and truly have enough. Um, there's enough verifiable things that make you question. Yeah. What is wait? I this is clearly this is something I've been out for. What conspiracy theories about The Shining? Well, yeah, the biggest what are the the biggest one is that um, Stanley Kubrick uh, directed the, moon, the landing. moon landing, the fake moon landing. Oh, I've heard that one. And that, there's clues throughout The Shining. And yeah. that, there's clues throughout The Shining of oh. him saying, "I faked the moon landing." And so one of them, and it's all bullshit. Like one of them says, "Well." You know, they changed the name of the uh, the room number from the book The Shining to the movie The Shining 241 because, uh, you know, the earth, the distance between the earth and the moon is 241 miles, million miles that's, or something. That's just but fanfic. It's, it's like, but Danny's, it's not. Danny's sweater, like yeah. the yeah. pattern of the carpet. That's like, just fun fanfic fan theories. But now, the thing that is true is that Paul Bart Mall Cop 
and Dark Side, <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon matches up. Matches oh up. my! Yes. This isn't conspiracy theory, but I think everybody Wait, should know about this. That matches up. There's a video on YouTube. Uh, it's called Blart Side of the Mall. And well, I gotta watch this. Somebody guy. has like synced up. There's two videos. One, it's uh, somebody synced up Dark Side of the Moon uh, repeating to match up with, and it matches up with Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> Matches up with Dark Side of the Moon. There's another video where a guy breaks down everything that matches, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, one of my favorite things on the internet. Uh, they uh, definitely plan that. Well, I've never seen no Paul way Blart and All Cop without Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I will 100% watch that. I've seen that movie, but I'll watch it. I'll watch that. Yeah, I'll 100% yeah. watch that. Yeah. And, and they, the YouTube videos don't go through the whole movie. It's just the parts that like Great. line That's up well. That's all I need to see like, of it. Can I ask, how did you start getting into this? Do you remember that? Or do you remember something that like sparked the interest initially? Well, I think like uh, I'm of the age uh, where when I was like a, a kid, there were these time life books that were they kept um, they kept like uh, hawking on TV about like the mysterious world and about pre-internet. You would buy encyclopedias and book yeah. collections yeah. via world book. <laughs> yeah. So so I uh, so they were like hawking these books about um, you know stuff like that. So I think. I originally got into it because I was really fascinated with like Bigfoot and um, and uh, Loch Ness monster, and that led to aliens. And of course, you know, the second you dip your toe into aliens, Once you're going you say the word. Yeah, the second you dip your toe into it, you're going to go to a- uh, Area Fifty One. Mm-hmm. You're going to start reading about Roswell, and that's going to open up the world of conspiracy theory. Have you ever gone to any of that area of New Mexico? No, no, but I have driven through areas that were at one point um, shut down by the government because of um, either they were government facilities or uh, I'm from South Carolina. So there was like uh, an entire town in South Carolina that got shut down because a U-2 bomber in the 60s accidentally dropped a nuclear uh, bomb on this town and you know, thank God the warhead didn't go off. But I mean, that's a true thing. That's nice. <laughs> they accidentally dropped a bomb on this town. Oops. So yeah. I've driven through that town and gone to see where the, the, the impact crater was, but for years it was classified and you couldn't go to it. Huh. Do, do you have a conspiracy theory that you're like, yeah. Uh, the one that I, I mean, you know, I, yes, I do. And the trigger warning is that it's very dark, but, um, I believe, uh, I, I, the one that I think has the most credence, I don't know if I'll say I believe it, but I think it has the most credence because it's backed up by the most court uh, documents, is that there was this belief, and I'm not going to get all the names right, but there was this, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, I believe, there was um, this uh, Republican um, fundraiser whose name... <laughs> Interestingly enough, was Larry King or Lawrence King, and he was uh, indicted because he had this job. He worked at the savings and loans. I think um, I don't have the information in front of me, but he worked at the savings and loans, and he was making. I think they said on paper he was making somewhere around like forty thousand, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars a year, but he had this expense account which was in the millions, and so he got brought in because of that, you know, they were like, you know, where's all this money coming from and who are you paying out all this money to? And so as like these uh, local government officials, I I I think it was like Nebraska started, um, sort of researching this guy and started uh, putting him under investigation. 
they found that a, a lot of this money was being paid out to these like like these sort of companies that were obviously shell co- companies for fronts of other companies. Uh, and two of the companies, one was a, a company that ended up being run by a photographer who, when they raided the photographer's uh, home, they found uh, copious amounts of child pornography. And then one of the other companies that this guy was paying out a lot of money to was a company that sort of serendipitously at the same time that all this was going down, uh, three representatives of this company were caught, uh, pulled over and caught in, uh, I think Miami, Florida in a white van. And when the police opened the back of the white van, they found uh, five or six children like chained up in the back of the, the van. And they also found out that Lawrence King had this, um, he had a, like a townhome in Washington, DC. And when the FBI raided the townhome and started uh, looking into it, they discovered that there were all these false doors and two-way mirrors and that the entire townhouse from top to bottom was bugged, wired with cameras and, and recording devices. And as they started looking more and more into this, um, the townhome investigation got shut down by the CIA uh, and they were told all this information comes from this one person who was a sitting senator at the time who was the head of this investigation he wrote a book about it, and he said that their investigation in D.C. got shut down by the CIA under the uh, quote-unquote national security reasons. And uh, as they were looking more into what this guy Lawrence King was paying out to, they found this list of something like 50 or 60 names. And it was just individuals who are like grown adult individuals who are being paid millions of dollars every year. And they went to like the first two people and it was a guy and, you know, as they, you know, they confronted him and threatened to throw him in jail. And he said, oh, yeah, this money was being paid to me as hush money. I was kidnapped as a child and was in a child sex ring. And as an adult, they're paying me off. And then the second person they went to was this woman who did not know the first guy at all, said the exact same story. So they decided to go to trial with this. And the things that came out in the trial was like the guy... The, the older man who said that he was part of the child sex ring, he claimed that they took him as a child to a place um, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest near Seattle, Washington, uh, where he was essentially like traded off man to man, all these men who just continuously uh, had their way with him. Uh, and the woman said something very similar. And they said they had no idea where they were, but they just could tell like from the, the length of flights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were going to go and have this trial, and the photographer who they found all, with all the child pornography, um, the plane that he was in that they were was taking him to the trial blew up midair, so that he was gone. The other people who were subpoenaed to testify never testified. They wouldn't show up. They were all afraid for their lives. And the man and woman who testified did testify in open court. So there is court records that they testified. And one of the women who testified, or the the woman who testified of the two, claimed um, that there was a person who was the sort of worst of the worst, um, whose name I'm not going to say in this podcast. Um, but uh, so she claimed that this person was like one of the head ring, ring leaders. And they discovered uh, one tape that existed 
that was obviously shot in this townhouse. And it was obviously, there was a person on the tape who was of note, uh, engaged in sexual activity with someone who looked obviously underaged. And so before they could get their third uh, person on, before they could bring a third person up to testify, the entire proceeding was shut down by the CIA, uh, by uh, government secrets. And the entire case was thrown out. And the two people who actually did testify, um, the guy ended up uh, committing suicide a few years later and the woman went into hiding. Um, and so the only pieces of information which seem to lead credence to it, and this person who I'm about to name has actually been outed later, um, is the, the senator who wrote the book talked about, essentially said that there is this pedophile child ring that is being run um, by someone. Uh, they think it's the government running it. And they think that what's happening is, is that they're using this home in DC and they'll bring in like representatives, people new to the government, people from overseas, and they will bring them to sex parties. And these sex parties will have people who are questionable of age. And they will either try to get these people to engage in sexual activity with them or at least have them watch and record them watching so that if they need to, they can use it as pressure to, to keep them in line. And uh, this particular uh, senator, before he died, he went on record many, many years before it happened as saying that Jerry Sandusky was part of it. Mm. And this was years before it came out. Mm. So that is literally the only one that I've ever read. And I've done, I haven't done a lot of research into it because it's really dark, dark material. Uh, and I, uh, but I have like what I have been able to verify seems pretty verifiable. I mean, a lot of it comes from the testimony of this man and woman and, uh, and in court, you know, the, the representatives of Lawrence King, I think he went by Lawrence King really uh, like went out of their way to try to discredit both of them. But the things that have been proven is that they know that these three men were caught in Miami with these children they know that these three men were receiving payments from Lawrence King. They know a photographer who had in his possession child pornography was receiving payments from Lawrence King and that that guy died. They know that there was a house in DC that was bugged and wired and that got shut down. So these things are at least are provable in the sense that in court, someone has testified that this is a true thing that happened. Is this um, like the thing there's some some celebrity, and I'm forgetting his name, but he said it like there's a child sex ring. I was involved in it. Yeah, it was uh, I think Corey Feldman. Yes, said that's that. it. Yeah, yeah. Is that the same? They're thing? they're saying that it's all connected. They're saying it's all connected. And so, for instance, like there's a real famous, slightly well, I guess like uh, there's a slightly famous uh, missing persons case in the name I cannot remember right now. I'm I'm not very good with names. Where this boy was essentially kidnapped by you know someone, and for years no one knew what was going on. Uh, and then one day the parents got a knock on the door and it was like the boy, but he was a little bit older now. He was a, a teenager and he was with a man. And the, the boy just said, all I can tell you is that I'm okay. And then they left and they never saw their son again. Wow. So that's liter literally the only one that I've ever read that I felt like there was enough. There's enough there to say that something's going on. Now what mm. that something is, I don't know. And it could be, listen, I mean, the, the other thing is the, the thing about these conspiracy theories, it's very easy to get sucked into them. It's very easy to read, uh, you know, eyewitness accounts and take it as fact when it's not fact. Um, 
and I certainly have not done like a whole uh, ton of research into it because you don't really want to be on the internet researching that researching yeah. you know child pornography <laughs> ring <laughs> <That's>, yeah <laughs> if the NSA is listening I've never researched that um, and so you don't want to like uh, it's it's difficult material to even read about uh, but uh, yeah it's the only one that I've ever heard about or read about that I thought had any sort of real weight to it. Uh, and for the record, regarding your NSA comment, I would say that there's no way that they're listening, but a previous podcast that I had got banned in China. So if China was listening, I bet the NSA Which is listening one? too. Uh, it was called The Comedy Nerds. Um, it, it's since gotten unbanned, but I think it was because we stopped doing it. What but did you guys do? That- we don't know. But a, a friend <laughs> of a friend of ours like moved to China and he tried to get it and he could get a bunch of other podcasts, and he, but he couldn't get to our website and he couldn't get to our podcast because for, for whatever reason, China had blocked it from... Wow. This country, from that country. Uh, we should probably get into Woof. the speed round because uh, we are <laughs> running out of time. And, and get away from that dark, dark <laughs> yes. uh, uh, turn I, that I we didn't took. make any Kevin Spacey jokes. Um, yeah. <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you're Just Me movie. What movie do you like that probably nobody else likes as much as you do? But you oh, um, I'm a huge fan of Summer Rental with John Candy. I can watch that movie over and over and over again. I don't think I know it. Never oh, heard of it. boy, you should really... It, Summer Rental, to me, is the movie that Vacation wanted to be. Because okay. it's very, very funny, and it's about an inept father. But what's wonderful about John Candy uh, versus like um, uh, Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase is that he's not an asshole. So the stuff that goes wrong uh, in John Candy's life just goes wrong because that's what happens when you go on a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I love that movie. You can watch it over and over again. Uh, just me music? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. There's, I have very, very eclectic tastes. Um, I'm a huge fan still to this day of Portishead, anything that Portishead or Massive Attack does. But, I mean, they were a pretty popular uh, group in the 90s. Yeah, music's always a hard one for me, like Just Me, because, like, unless it's like, oh, my, my friend's band, like, whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, lots yeah. of people must have liked it. Uh, food? Oh, uh, when I was a kid, I really loved, apparently I really loved uh, pork and beans and mashed potatoes mixed up together. Oh. But I don't okay. know. I don't know that I like that now. <laughs> that was something when I was a Were you pregnant? A kid. Uh, <laughs> as a child, I was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say something I really like now. I don't, don't eat it often, but I, I really like it now. So I'm a real big fan of turkey Rubens. Okay. I prefer a turkey Ruben over any other kind of Ruben. Um, Heather, do you want to ask the last Stutter. question while you look... Deeply into his eyes to get oh, the answer. Oh, is this the just me celebrity crush? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can say this. It's fine. Oh, I don't uh, know what it is. I'm actually curious. You're asking me what my just yeah. me What's celebrity. Your just yeah. re- so the person that you had a celebrity crush on that you think a lot of people have not. Well, I mean, it, mine it, was it, easy. It was DeForest Kelly. So, I mean, the the two that always come to mind when I think of celebrity crushes are either, you know, Citizen Kane era Orson Welles. Boy, was he attractive. <laughs> All right. Um, or uh, Donna Reed. I had a huge crush on Donna I, Reed as a kid. I mean, I don't think that's a just me, though. She's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, but, you know, I think uh, Citizen Kane era Orson Welles is a just me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that quite, definitely is. I think he's quite attractive. I definitely <laughs> have a friend who was like, that was her thing. Sure, sure. Um, but that era? Like Svelte, d- d- Orson Welles? Specifically, <laughs> Not specifically like that. Beard. And she used to say, like, she's like, no, I don't like Orson Welles once he was, like, drinking a lot. But Orson Welles and Citizen Kane, yeah. Uh. 
D- drinking on camera. <laughs> drinking on camera. <laughs> ah, the French. Oh. Um, I mean, I, I, I'll take Orson Welles uh, at any point in his career. Really? Oh, yeah. Any wait, point? Wait, wait. Him point. losing his <laughs> it mind? Got pretty dark. With sure. the peas? You're, you're a sir of fraud. Yeah. You don't yeah. understand his peas. <laughs> Who am I talking to? <laughs> Orson Welles, literally the worst thing that he has ever created was better than most people's greatest movies they've ever made. That's fair, because him yelling, oh, the French is still great. It's still great, yeah. Still great. Guy's a classic. Uh, any other questions? Anybody else? Anything? <laughs> Anything? I don't know. We don't have to talk about that other conspiracy theory. We can edit that. Oh, I was so trying to think out. of like if there's a conspiracy. If you were to on the spot right now, like make one up, what would it be? I'll give you a chance to think about it because okay. I wanted to say one uh, friend yeah. of the podcast and former guest Marcus Haugen uh, mentioned this to me once. That there's this theory that uh, Pokemon Go is being used by the government or is created by the government uh, by the Chinese a, government. Just I don't know the. the Oh, the government. universal government, the government, uh, oh, government, as a way yeah. for to like videotape to serve to have a, like a different level of surveillance because people are using the camera. using their cameras. Yeah. I mean, I've all always wondered because I got into Pokemon Go after it started, but like, who decided what was like a Pokestop? Like, uh, who picked that? I there's some know. stuff that I'm just like, this is the why? man. I mean, I think you, it's where the Pokemon yeah. were. That's where they decided. Okay. To. Um, well, I, I will say that my, uh, I don't know about making up a conspiracy theory, but what I will say is my favorite, my absolute favorite conspiracy theory, which is actually 100% true, it's verifiably true, is that, uh, and for years it was like a conspiracy theory, no one believed it was true, but later, like both parties confirmed that FEMA bases its amount of aid to a particular area based on the menu availability of the local Waffle House. Specifically the restaurant chain Waffle House. Yes. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Because Waffle Houses never close. They're open 24 hours. And uh, so they were saying that like what they can do is they can determine the supply lines, like how open the supply lines are to any given Waffle House based on like their menu availability. And they can also determine, uh, you know, like power needs is this because it's like a smaller thing than like a warehouse type thing, like a Walmart or like a? I never got into like or? why. Okay, <laughs> it, it is. I mean, that makes like, sense to me. Yeah, because it's like generic place, but it's yeah. like so small like, enough that like yeah. they have to be. Yeah, but, but they getting... recently like members of FEMA recently like confirmed that that's a thing. Is that, it continually? That's still it, what they do. Well, I mean, I think I think Walmart is just one of the many indicators. I think they look at Walmart, not Walmart, sorry, Waffle, Waffle House. House. Yeah. I think they look at Waffle Houses and then they like look at uh, local local hospitals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that would make. Sense. I mean, that's but like but a... if you think about it, so the reason why they said that they didn't look only at like hospitals and uh, shelters is because they all have backup generators. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm. very difficult to tell, like, are they running on a backup generator or is the power grid uh, still up and running? Mm. Whereas most Waffle Houses ha- do have backup generators, but they're specifically tied to the local power grid. Mm-hmm. And mm. so they can tell. It's easier for them to tell exactly what's working mm. and what's not working if they contact management at the local Waffle House. So as of the recording, speaking of power grid, there was uh, a few days ago a uh, large uh, the charger explosion sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. at a Con Ed plant or in was it or was that's it? that's what I was gonna say have you heard anything about any oh. theories about that or was it I I mean you listen the first when that first went down the very first thing that I thought of is the fact that they have 
on, you know, they have recordings of um, Russian operatives talking about hacking the um, United States power grid system. So my first thought was, something's going on here. And something's and going on here. My, my brain went, went right to the whole Amazon thing. Because I was like, what if they're testing something? Oh, yeah. Like, what if they're testing how safe is this or how much will it take to set off a thing? I, I, I don't know. That's where my mind went. And then I was just like, everyone was like, oh, I want to get superpowers. And I was like, no, you don't because it's cancer. So no. Do you have yeah. a theory? No. Um, I, I wanted it to be Men in Black stuff. Um, sure. Because, um, but I do think, like, in terms of conspiracy theory, like, craziness, um, I was shocked uh, at how quickly everybody was like, oh, yeah, Transformer explosion. Okay, that's yeah, what makes sense. Yeah, everyone got really on board with it. They had an explanation for it almost instantly. Too right. fast. Not that I think that... I didn't think that was, like, suspicious or anything like that, but, like, I, people... Very. What but I thought like, was strange was that people like quickly diverted from like, holy crap, uh, the right. the sky like, is blue. The sky it looks was like bright daytime. turquoise, and within because we were waiting to fly back here yeah. from um, from Charleston, and the sky is like bright blue, and probably within ten minutes of us going, oh my god, what's going on? People were like, oh, it was a transformer thing. It's cool. And yeah. I was like, what, guys? No. Because well, because also like I mean, it technically like the explanation of transformer explosion wasn't right because they said there was some sort of thing that was causing like it, a, a connectivity. Well, this thing. whole thing like, was a was, bumblebee ad. It was right <laughs> because it went on for like four but or it was five also minutes. Like well, fireworks. Well, I saw videos yeah. of things where it was like the lights were exploding, like well, a firework. I, I, I will say that uh, previous to that uh, explosion um, on. Uh, PBS in South Carolina, they did show a documentary about Tesla. And they showed pictures of like Tesla's experiments. Uh, And it looked very close to one of Tesla's experiments, which was about shooting um, energy into the ground and then pulling the energy from a different location. Uh, So uh, Tesla was, you know, at the time that he was doing these experiments, was experimenting with wireless technology in the 1910s and 20s. I got in trouble in a class in college because uh, we were reading, like, we were going through these textbooks. It was a class that was detailing the history of, like, all electronic media. And I was like, how come all of these different, like, inventors aren't mentioned in this? And she's like, I don't know who those are. I'm like, you've never heard. Like, and Tesla being the biggest name, I was like, you don't know who Tesla was. And she's like, no. I remember, yeah. I remember being, what? I remember being in seventh grade and getting thrown out of school, like almost, I almost got expelled because I got into an argument with my teacher because she mentioned something about uh, the Cherokee in class, and I said actually that was the Creek, uh, <laughs> it was the Creek <laughs> Indians. It wasn't the Cherokee. She goes, no, I'm pretty sure it was the Cherokee, and I was like, no, and I explained like why it wasn't the Cherokee mm-hmm. and a why and why and I don't really remember exactly what it was. Mm. I think at the time it was like something to do with a, a language thing, which I just for some reason in seventh grade I knew that the Cherokee uh, did not have a written language until after uh, European settlers came in. Like yeah. uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I think I even said that, uh, but I don't remember the specifics of it. But uh, the teacher got very mad at me. Uh, and to the teacher's uh, defense, I was also an extremely precocious seventh grader, so I was probably being a dick, too. <laughs> but there's a level of, like, you think it was just this teacher trying to assert dominance, not wanting to show that they were wrong or something? Well, or? I think that was part of it. I was also probably being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You remember uh, in Ghostbusters when the sky turned red and all the ghosts came out? Yeah. 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 That's what I thought That's of when I saw right. the Transformers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Even yeah. though it was blue. Like that it was doesn't matter, but it's yeah. the same. Like the sky lit up a color that it doesn't normally do you, light up. Do you have... Th- I, I know we're like we're way, way off time. topic. Yeah. Well, and we're also off topic. Do you have any theories about ghosts? The one thing I think is cool, the one theory I've heard, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, I had a professor who proposed this, that uh, the theory is that... Uh, like time is on three lines. There's past, present, and future, and they're all parallel. Uh, they they run l- parallel, but they they're not always parallel. They like intersect and cross. And anytime one of those crosses, you're seeing somebody in their present day, and they're seeing you in your present day. No, that's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> what, what I do what I do think is uh, is true is this is um, you know recently in the news, and this is once again this is something you can verify. Um, as being true, you know, there has been a rash of uh, embassy. I got a rash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, let's not talk about your rash, buddy. Uh, that's a conspiracy theory in and of itself. Uh, so, there's been a rash of uh, United States diplomats who've been getting sick because of uh, sonic attacks. Mm. Uh, this happened in Cuba and it happened in China. Like a brown note. Uh, similar, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so they've been getting like physically ill. Uh, and some people have even gone so far as to report, like, uh, essentially these uh, low-frequency sounds inducing migraine, headaches, vomiting, uh, disorientation. So what they have discovered is that there are certain uh, electromagnetic frequencies and sound frequencies that, when played, they're, they're too low for you to actually hear with the human ear. But what they do is they induce fear. And they induce the feeling of, they, they will physically f- make you feel like you're cold. And they will also induce the feeling that you're being watched. And they also will uh, start to stimulate the part of your brain that DMT is stimulated by so mm-hmm. that you will actually start having visual and audio hallucinations. So what's interesting about it is that it's not that you actually see. So you, it's not like I would look at you and think I'm seeing a person, but you will look into the corner of your eye, you will think. I think I just saw someone, even though you didn't actually see anyone, you will think you saw someone or you will think you have heard something when you didn't actually hear anything. Hmm. And what they did is there was this very famous haunting uh, location in Dublin, Ireland. And for years and years and years, people would go down and say, there was this like passageway, it's under this pub. And when you go down there, you can see and hear all these like, uh, you know, these ghosts of the past. And they had so many scientists go there to sort of experience it, who verified the experience that people were saying, this might be a, a real thing. Well, they took these, these two scientists, went down there with these, this, uh, re- these recording devices, and that exact same frequency, which is electromagnetic frequency and audio frequency, they recorded in that basement. So what they think is that there's that it happens naturally. It's the reason why animals freak out mm. in advance of earthquakes right. because it's being emitted by the earthquake. Like the earth is emitting this frequency. It's the reason why human beings who are sometimes acceptable to it will also start getting feelings of dread before earthquakes or before certain thunderstorms or hurricanes because literally this 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 uh, low frequency starts being emitted. So I think actually that's what ghost sightings are. Is it's a natural occurring phenomenon that is inducing hallucination in people. Hmm. That's awesome. Boom. <laughs> and All it's right. in Ireland, so it's called O'Guinness. Okay. <laughs> well, on, on that note, I think we should probably probably <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up. Do you have You're anything welcome. you want to plug? Uh. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I'm. <laughs> you can catch me at the 
Armory on a new team uh, that doesn't have a name uh, on 9.30s on Friday. I'm also at the People's Improv Theater uh, on a team called uh, Star Force. Uh, And then I'm in a sketch group called Good Brother um, who performs regularly. You can go to my badly needed website, (laughs) thechrisbooth.com, or you can find me on Twitter at thechrisbooth.com, or you can find me on Instagram at thechrisbooth.com. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Heather, for jumping in as a co-host. Oh gosh, you're welcome. You didn't. You didn't give me enough shit. I didn't give you yeah. enough shit. I know. Yeah. I wanted to talk more about like me coming home at night and being like, "What did you watch?" And you're like, "It's a depressing documentary," and it's usually about like some really depressing like Holocaust or something <laughs> really depressing. And I'm just like, "God damn it!" Yeah, she'll come home and I'm like insane. I'm enraged. She's like, yeah, he's "What's just going like, on?" I'm like, "You don't understand what yeah, they did to the you don't children." Understand. And I'm just like, "I'm I'm just gonna go wash my face." So okay. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And, uh, Bye. Tell you all soon. Bye. Yeah.